This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome along to the latest Liverpool Echo Blood Red podcast. I missed being on both shows last week, but returned to familiar issues for the Reds. Alongside me to dive into those are Paul Gorse, David Lynch and Kiefer McDonald. And we'll use this platform, as has happened quite frequently actually this season, to get a few things off our chests and try and get to the bottom of where Liverpool turn next. It wasn't a defeat, Gorsty, on Saturday, but it kind of felt like one. Had VAR had the right angles, it possibly might have been one as well but it's almost a bit of a sense of, of deja vu isn't it really for, for Liverpool didn't perform particularly well they've now got a replay lots of familiar issues as I mentioned it, it just it just doesn't quite feel quite right at the moment no it's not is it I think we all know that and I think I think we're probably blue and sick and blue in the face of talking about midfield issues um what, what I thought was was interesting earlier this week or rather last week now was a piece in the Times came out and it kind of highlighted Liverpool's running stats, or rather the lack of them, and they were first in things like high high distance and sprints and stuff like that. In, in three metrics last season, I think they were first in two of them and um, third or second in, in, the, in the other one. And now they're like 11th, 16th and 14th, and it just shows you the drop-off. And I don't know I don't know why that's happened. Um, there'll be, you know, 101 different issues, or maybe it's just one, I'm not too sure, but Certainly, Liverpool aren't covering as much ground as they did last season. The press is nowhere near as intense. Um, they just look like they've got no energy. They look, look, they look like a team who are playing now, and it's it's kind of like in May where they played 50, 60 games, where they're just completely, you know, spent. And for a team that had, what was it, uh, like everyone else, I guess, six weeks off for the World Cup and. Whatever else, they obviously had a couple of weeks in Dubai, but that doesn't seem as though it's helped anything in all honesty. Um, speaking to people around the place at that time, and there was talk of them working on pressing videos and a lot more tactical-based stuff as opposed to just you know a mini pre-season and getting yourself fit and ready. Maybe that wasn't necessarily needed given it was mid-season, but the tactical stuff that they, they, they were apparently working on, we're not seeing it, are we? You know, Liverpool played well in parts against Aston Villa on Boxing Day. Um, we're really, really lucky to beat Leicester to comical on goals from Welfare's. Uh, and then we're deservedly beating at Brentford and obviously should have been knocked out of the cup on Saturday. You know, the, the VAR nonsense, um, which was similar to the goal Liverpool conceded at the Emirates where the camera angle just couldn't quite see it. So they had to go with the on-field decision. But um, yeah, there's just, there's just no energy and, and people talk about the new midfielder like it's a kind of you know, one-stop fix and a magic wand and everything will be back to normal. But it goes it goes a lot deeper than that. It's about more than just signing one midfielder who's going to take the place of one other midfielder. It's a whole thing at the moment just looks like it needs a massive reset. And the mid-season, the, the most worrying thing is the mid-season break was kind of the hope that that's what had happened. But since it's come back, it, there's been precious little evidence of it. Yeah, I think that's exactly it, isn't it, Lynch? It is the midfield to talk about, but not just the midfield. But we'll come on to, to the defence shortly. The, the attack didn't particularly do a, a great deal. The goalkeeper made a huge mistake. There's there's lots of, of things kind of coming from, from one issue. It, it does start with the midfield, I think. But at, at this stage, I just don't know what more, what new we can say about it. It's, it's not going to change until the players change. If they don't sign anyone, it's going to stay the same. There's not really much more we can add to that, really. Yeah, I think I think one thing to take from the the last performance is that it, it you know didn't come as a massive surprise because they've been playing that poorly since the start of the season and and I do think they've possibly got even worse after the World Cup break. 
um, which was a surprise because we did think there was going to be improvement there. But I think one thing that's coming into play now is I think confidence is shot. Um, you know, Liverpool have been bad this season, but they haven't been quite as bad as they have been in the last couple of games or so. Um, that, you know, they really are hitting sort of new lows now. And I do think confidence is starting to come into play and that, the, you know, that's the reason that it's it feels like it's spiralling a little bit and you can't really turn it around. Um, so you, you do hope there's potential for it to just get at least slightly better. They're not going to be quite this bad until the end of the season. But I think one of the things that's coming into play, and obviously we spoke about the midfield at, at length previously, and, and as you say, I, I agree, it's it probably is the root of all evils really at Liverpool at the moment in terms of it's having an effect on both sides of the ball. Um, but, but, you know, it, I think there's... It's one of those issues that, as you say, it's probably not going to get solved till the end of the season, and therefore the manager's got to start looking at alternative solutions, which is possibly a slight change in tactics. I know he doesn't want to do that, and you know, and, and managers are extremely stubborn and, and don't tend to move away from the core principles. But I think we're at the point now where he, he probably has to. I know it's early in quite a few seasons in recent history you've had the likes of Gary Neville questioning the high line and saying why are Liverpool doing this, and then all of a sudden it clicks into gear you know maybe 10 games in and then Liverpool just look unbeatable and, and so compact but but that isn't coming this season that that click isn't coming the midfield is, is just not physically capable of doing the press and I think that the press as a whole is just so disjointed that that that, that, that isn't coming and therefore you can't protect a high line in that situation and I think it's really on the manager now to just think I've got to find a solution to this and, and the solutions aren't within my squad currently probably won't get any more help in January either do you just drop that line a bit? Do you do you play in a different way? Do you maybe drop the line a little bit and play as Liverpool did maybe in the early part of his reign, which was very much a, a deep defending counter attack inside, not not super deep, but you know a deep defending counter attack inside that he initially put together. Maybe that is a route for Liverpool Liverpool to go down because I think at the moment, you know, the evidence is there with what twenty seven games into the season now that they're not going to fix these issues and the the, the solutions aren't within the squad. So. I, I totally understand why managers don't want to abandon the principles. But I think in this situation now, the manager's got to just be a little bit more pragmatic. He hasn't had to in previous seasons, but this is the one where I think you just aren't going to solve this now without without tweaking things tactically because these players have, have shown time and time again that he, he can't do what he wants to do. Even if they were to, to get in a signing key for this month, which we don't know whether that's going to happen at, at this point, possibly less likely than, than more likely. But even if they were to get one, it, it probably still feels like they're going to have to make one or two tweaks because, like Gorsley said before, I mean, it, one one player into this midfield is not going to fix everything else. It, it's got to be a bit more of a, a wholesale change, you would imagine. Yeah, exactly. I think that is part of the, the problem at Liverpool at the moment is that there is so many problems. And while you can, you can pinpoint it on different things, you know, as Gorsi said, it's not just a, you know, a stopgap thing as if, you know, if you bring, I don't know, Mateus Nunes in or, you know, whoever, what other midfielders have been linked. I don't think that's solely going to solve Liverpool's problems. And, you know, that's that's the worrying part because you're not in the part of the season where you can maybe grind out the results. Because if you think of how far, you know, if you want to really dig back and kind of think of these problems and kind of concede them first, you'd, you'd probably say it's gone back to probably April time. But I think because obviously they're going for the quadruple and everything, I think everyone kind of turns a, turned a blind eye to it. And then obviously, you know, there was the kind of neglect not to get a midfielder in the summer and that's obviously kind of blown up in their faces. And and like you say now, even if they did bring someone in, they're, they're, then you're banking on them, you know, having an impact of, of someone like Luis Diaz or, you know, Van Dijk when he came in a few years ago in, in, in the mid-season window. And, and that is so rare. And, you know, it takes, you know, nine times out of ten, a world-class player, as, as the two I've mentioned are, to kind of have that impact. And, you know, after a World Cup, is there going to be any world-class players on the market? I don't think so. You know, certainly not for the for the price that Liverpool are going to be able to do to to do business at. So, 
Um, I think as, as David said, then it's, you know, maybe looking as something of, of changing kind of your principles and adapting because, you know, it's only going to get worse. We've not even played, well, if you compare it to last season, you've not even played half the season yet. So, you know, there's such an awful amount of football left to be played. And, you know, it might be something as 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 in early in the season where they go to a four four two and maybe kind of get that that grip on the midfield again, or go to a four two three one and um you, you know put, put Firmino behind the striker and, and then you kind of have Thiago and Fabinho kind of sitting because at the minute you know obviously I know there's problems with the defence but I kind of do feel sorry for them in that aspect because as I think Carragher said it after the um after the Brentford game there's no protection there so it's so unfair to judge you know Van Dijk or and a Canati obviously had a, a tough game didn't he but. You know, if it's if it's literally kind of open fire as it as it was, and you know Brentford were just relentless in terms of running at Liverpool, it's it kind of accumulates to so many, you know, so, so bigger problems as 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 we've seen. Um, you know, that Brentford game could have been four, five, or six. Um, so I think it, you know, it is a, a massive thing, and and kind of as you say, then it's not. I think it would be a huge ask if if someone did come in now in 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 this January window to kind of solve all those problems. It sort of feels a, a bit to me, Gorsi, as well. Like there's a, a bit of a confidence thing as well. Like Kiefer there mentions that Canate uh, had a, a poor game. Matip didn't particularly play great and, and nearly got caught like Allison did it a few minutes before that goal. It, it does sort of, it, it spreads maybe from one point, but it, it, it does start to feel now like one or two of the other players are, are starting to, to have a few worries as a result of, of the other worries. It, it does kind of spiral a little bit at certain points. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the two centre-locks there. Neither of them have played a lot of the... Obviously, Matic went into the Arsenal in early October. And he's only just come back, you know, from the restart. Canate, I think that might have been his fifth or sixth appearance of the season against Wolves. Um, but Liverpool, just, I mean, I don't, I don't really know how you specifically you'd rectify it. But you know, results will improve inevitably when they stop conceding first. They conceded first fourteen times this season, and look at the way they've done it in some of the games. You know that that goal. That leads, which Liverpool eventually ended up losing the game at Anfield, and that was a horror moment from Joe Gomez. Allison with an absolute shocker the other day. They just teams teams aren't having to work hard to score against Liverpool, and that's something that you know certainly wasn't the case last season. Liverpool had the best defensive record in the Premier League, and along with Man City, you know the best actually in, in Europe's top five league. So you were a bit of a a mean outfit last season when you finally got past Van Dijk and Canate or whoever it was, you'd, you'd find Alisson in, in superb form and not having too much of a go at Alisson because he has generally been excellent, but that was a, a shocker from him the other night, wasn't it? But it all came from Thiago losing it in a dangerous area as well. So I, th- I think once they start to get a little bit more resolute at the back and stop conceding first, stop conceding early uh, in you know comical circumstances at times, then inevitably you'll start to see results improve and get better and slowly but surely they can possibly you know build up a little bit of a confidence level to the point where they can go on a bit of a run uh, where they were at you know kind of either side of the, the break they put together a four game winning run didn't they you know what would you give for that at the moment that you know see them fly up the table at a time when you know they've got games coming up against Brighton and Chelsea and like see United are playing Tottenham and United are playing City and I think Tottenham got a couple of, of difficult games as well. So they just need to maybe get back to basics a little bit. Um, like Lynchy says, um, kind of look to be a little bit more resolute at times and um, just just essentially dig in and just just brick by brick, brick just build it up because um, we know that the confidence isn't there and we know that the they're not going to be. <clears throat> they're not going to come out against Brighton on, on Saturday afternoon and be absolutely flying in the way that they were towards the tail end of last season. That happens over over 
a long period, doesn't it, when you build up your momentum and your rhythm, as Klopp, Klopp was always talking about. Um, but for me, first things first, they just need to stop conceding goals so easily and so early into games and then maybe give themselves something to, to build on and go on and eventually pick up some more points. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think one of the, the positives then she was probably Trent Alexander-Arnold's performance. You mentioned before that Liverpool as a team possibly have got worse since the World Cup. He certainly got better, I think, over the, the last couple of games. A brilliant couple of assists in, in the last couple of games. This one, the first for Darwin Nunez from him. And that was a really good goal. That was, was something to build. And I suppose that is is one thing that Liverpool can cling to. Generally, they're not playing particularly well, but they are going to have opportunities to score goals. They are going to create. And if they can start to do that, maybe that can be a turning point for them. Yeah, I mean, good on Trent Alexander-Arnold as well, I think you have to say, because it would have been so easy for him to, you know, he had a difficult start to the season maybe, and for that form to just bleed into this part of the season, particularly as everyone else around him is sort of playing so poorly. And and, and so for him to sort of step up and be one of the main men now is, is really impressive, I thought. And, it, and it's not just on, you know, it's good to see him get the assist finally. It was his first two assists of the season, wasn't it? They're sort of back-to-back now and, uh, that's really good to see, but also on the other side of the ball, it, it, you know, real improvement. I thought, I know it's a couple of games back, but against Leicester, um, so good against Harvey Barnes uh, defensively and, you know, really, really sort of dangerous player. I thought he absolutely shut him down. He was really impressive in that game. So that's really nice to see. And also, you know, with the, with the goal that he set up with for Nunez, another player who could do with the confidence, you know, of, of getting that goal. And, and I thought, you know, considering that he's, he's missed a lot of chances recently, took that really, really nicely, you know, to, to just go for it first time on your wrong foot and just, you know, pass it into the corner. Really, really impressive and, and good for Liverpool. They need these stories to start popping up throughout the team now because, you know, confidence could be low and, the, you know, it, it's all about sort of standing up in these moments and, and showing what you're all about. So, you know, that can't just be left to Nunez and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. You want to see a few more players sort of grab the ball by the horns going forward and, and, and sort of, find that uptick themselves and fight their way through this period. You mentioned uh, Mateus Nunez before, Kiefer. I thought he was was interesting when he came on. Obviously, one that I think that the Telegraph, it was, that, that reported Liverpool's interest in him last week. It seems like that there might be, be some level of, of interest there. You could certainly see what he could do. What, what did you make of, of his performance at Anfield on Saturday? Yeah, I thought it was, you know, really, really good and, and kind of really inspired Wolves, didn't it, to kind of kick on and get that second, that second goal that obviously... You know, finished the game, but I just thought it was kind of everything that Liverpool's mid- midfield lacked, lacked. It was kind of what they brought, um, you know, in, in terms of kind of energy and kind of dynamism off the ball and that kind of thing. Um, and you know, you, you could see him slotting into a kind of a, a Liverpool midfield. He obviously got a, a lovely hug from Jurgen Klopp after after the full time whistle. I'm sure that will obviously have gone down well. I'm sure he would have enjoyed that. But um, I think you're kind of at this stage now where you kind of look at you know Liverpool's midfield and kind of the. As the, the two guys have said, you know, the conversation has gone on for so long now that I think kind of anyone kind of at that younger age profile you would take because, you know, the Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago, they're kind of all the wrong side of, you know, their peak years, aren't they? Especially, you know, Thiago and Henderson, Fabinho's, what, 29? Um, so, you know, I think obviously a big task is to kind of bring that, that age profile down and, and Mateus Nunes would certainly do that. Um, he's got, you know, international experience, Champions League experience and, and obviously Premier League experience. Um, so, you know, if there is something, you know, concrete there or, you know, we'll find out in, in the coming months and, you know, maybe in the summer. But I think Liverpool could do far worse for a player who's obviously come to the Premier League and, and obviously done well for, you know, for a large part of the struggling Wolves side and, and you know, playing under Lopetegui for the next kind of five, six months. I'm sure that will, 
that'll kind of only boost his credentials and you know we'll see what kind of the future holds for him yeah he's one that, that can't obviously come in this month already played for, for two clubs this season Gorsty. but what what did you make of him i think it, it was fairly obvious to me that he's got things that the liverpool's midfield don't have but at the same time i was left kind of thinking well we all knew that they were desperate for one last summer he was available last summer they didn't go for him it, it doesn't quite make sense in as much as if they really did like him they should have done it last summer rather than next but i suppose that at the same time you, you did look at him and think yeah, you can kind of see why they might be interested. Yeah, you can. He's somebody who carries the ball, isn't he? He carries it gracefully over 10, 15, 20 yards, which is a profile that Liverpool don't really have in their squad. Maybe navigated at a push, but um, I think he's looking at navigating now as somebody who's probably going to be cut adrift for me towards the end of the season. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought, thought he was really good. I haven't seen too much of him. I don't think he's played 90 minutes too often for Wolves. I think he played against United and that was his first 90 minutes since September. Someone who's obviously not, you know, come into English football and fit in, fitted in, you know, seamlessly because Wolves have had so many other problems in other areas of the pitch, namely up front. I mean, they don't really seem to score too many and you've had to change the manager and whatever else. But um, just, you know, from the limited cameos that I've seen of him, he looks... He looks like a really good player. Obviously, a Portuguese international, got pedigree coming from from Sporting. Um, someone who kind of, like Kiva says, had a real bit of dynamism and, and someone who's going to get on the ball and, and carry it over large distances and someone who can, you know, pick a range of passes as well. So what I've seen of him, he does seem like someone who, um, who could inject a little bit of quality into that midfield. Um, but I think with Liverpool now, you're looking at the, the midfield issues and there's so many. You, you wonder if they, if they got the money to sort it all out. Um, Milner, obviously, into the final few months of his contract. Naby Keita, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and, and Arthur Melder, who signed as a stock cap, you know, emergency sign and has just been an unmitigated disaster, hasn't it? For like 13 minutes and, you know, when are we going to see him again if we do at all? So, they've got so many issues in, in the centre of the park. I think they will need more than, say, a, a Matthias Nunes, but Certainly, from from what I've seen of him, he, he looks looks like a good player. But um, you know, as I say I'm not someone who's who's seen loads and loads of him, but um, certainly someone with with a bit of pedigree at least. Yeah, it's it's only a, a very small sample size, then, Jim, of just having watched him on on Saturday night in the flesh. But it, it did just seem so obvious, really, that as soon as he came on, he did things in the 26 minutes that he was on the pitch that Liverpool's midfield three didn't do in the entirety. It did kind of just sum it up, whether it's him or, or whether it's someone else. I think it, it just it didn't didn't look great that he came on and, and instantly was able to just waltz through a couple of them. It, it kind of summed up the season in, in half an hour or whatever it was for me. Yeah, I, I think I, w- I would be wary of, of you know judging him just on playing against Liverpool's midfield at the moment, just because I think you know I think we could all have a go at the moment. The way that you know struggling, it's you know it's not going well for them, is it? And, and, and midfielders, who we know that the, the, the Liverpool's collection of midfielders are better than are looking better than them in, in a lot of games at the minute. So it just shows you sort of how out of form and out of sorts. It's just you know it isn't working in there. So it's not that you know I think one of the things you could tell is that he's, you know he's got that quality on the ball, as as Gorse said, sort of ability to glide forward and and, and take the ball, but. It, I think the argument is at the moment it's possibly not what Liverpool are massively lacking. I, I'm not saying don't sign him because I think you know you, you need different profiles in your midfield and obviously 
a bunch of players are aging in there and they do need to be replaced. Um, so I can, you know, I can see why Liverpool like him, but I don't think, you know, you put him on Liverpool's team instead of Wolves in that game and it, it massively changes things because I think one of Liverpool's big issues was in terms of being combative and, uh, you know, and that's not sort of the side of his game we've, we've massively seen while he's been in England so far. I think, you know, it's more that quality in terms of his ability to walk forward with the ball and, and, and evade challenges. So, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that he, he would have completely flipped the results on its head as, as sort of I think some people get maybe a bit carried away and you know yes Liverpool could have signed him in the summer and, and probably should have just to strengthen that area but I think you know it, it just shows that they probably need a lot more in there than just the one player of that sort of profile they may you know they maybe need a mix of things if, if they're going to get things right again or you know maybe if you do bring someone in like Nunes who helps you keep possession a little bit better and, and use it better maybe that does help bring Fabinho back to his best maybe you know you, you don't know what that sort of mix is going to work out but yeah no it, I, you know I'd agree he was he was impressive when he came on but it, um yeah like I said just wary of, of judging too much on that given the way Liverpool's midfield is playing the blood red podcast from the Liverpool echo Yeah, absolutely. I think anyone that can keep hold of the ball for more than five seconds is a huge help defensively in terms of, of Liverpool. But we'll see what happens with him. Obviously, we saw Cody Gakpo Kiefer for the first time. Obviously, he is the only January signing for, for Liverpool so far. I mean, we, we can't read too much into to what we saw from him. We didn't see a great deal of him in the game. But what were your sort of first initial impressions when you saw him at Anfield on Saturday? I mean, first of all, he's absolutely massive. I know there have been like a few kind of different people quoting his height and stuff, but yeah, he's a, he's a big lad, which I think obviously always helps. It feels like, you know, both defensively and obviously in recent weeks, but also from corners, I feel sometimes Liverpool do lack a bit of a bit of a presence in, in both boxes. So that, you know, that helps. But in terms of his performance, I mean, you know, it was fairly kind of run of the mill. He had that, that shot early doors, didn't he? And, and then he didn't, don't think he had another effort after that, but I thought there was some nice kind of interchanges with Andy Robertson on the left-hand side. Um, and, you know, it's one of those, it's obviously, you know, Liverpool aren't, it's the same with Nunes, really. I think, you know, Liverpool aren't playing anywhere near their best. Um, you know, you probably argue since they sold Coutinho, it's probably been the worst, they, they, well, it's the worst they've been, you know, in, in the five years since or the six years since, whatever it's been. So, um, you know, for any attacker to kind of come into that, you know, team now and make a, a difference, it's obviously going to be hard because it's so disjointed. But I thought the signs were there. Um even going the other way defensively, he kind of got back, got stuck in, which again is always a always a good sign. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I am a bit not wary, but I just kind of feel hope, feel sorry for him in the sense that, like, obviously, you know, if he is the only um, you know January sign, and I, I, I do worry if that kind of burden is going to be on him. Um, you know, how many times we've seen with Klopp signings where they take you know four, five, six months to kind of settle in. See, happened with Oxley Chamberlain, happened with Fabinho. Um, Obviously, even with even with Nunes, really, he's kind of been hit, not hit and miss, but you know, he's 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 kind of taken a bit of time to adapt. Um, and obviously, you know, kind of replacing Luis Diaz on that left for the meantime is obviously going to draw big comparisons to, to kind of his impact last year and kind of you know the the you know what was the quote Pep Linder said? I think they needed him like a water in the desert. I think the quote was at the time. So you know, I think if you that that kind of expectation over just doesn't kind of play on him for the rest of the season because you know, ideally, a January signing should almost be a free hit and then you get in for the full pre-season you know in the summer but you know the, the way Liverpool are going every game now is in a similar sense to last season going to be a, a cup final if they are going to get Champions League and if and they do get through in the FA Cup and, and obviously the Champions League so um yeah and and obviously added to that is obviously the, the injuries to, to Jostrin and Diaz you know you do wonder how much rotation is going to be there 
um, especially with obviously Firmino kind of being like an alternative if, if he's going to put Nunes out on the left and, and then Bobby down the middle. So um, I think there's loads of factors to kind of go off at the minute and, and obviously time will tell. But I think initial signs are kind of you know promising. Like I say, he's got he's got a good build and he looked tidy on the ball. And I think, like I say, the, the kind of link-up player of Robertson, I think, looked good because even with Diaz, that's that's taken, I think, you know, sometimes the best part of eight, nine months to kind of show that on a, on a regular basis. So if he's kind of showing that, Within his first kind of 60, 70 minutes in the Liverpool show, it's only gonna it's only gonna blossom further from there. Yeah, hopefully he can start to, to kick on and, and help Liverpool. But like you say, you don't want to put too much pressure on him, but there's not too much wiggle room really for, for Liverpool. Gorse. You mentioned before the, the month that they've got coming up, Brighton and Chelsea in the Premier League, the FA Cup replay, potentially Brighton again. It, it kind of feels a bit like a, a month that could shape the season and, and go either way, really. If if they win those games, they're perfectly set up to, to go on and, and kick on. But if they don't win those games, suddenly you're starting to get a little bit more worried again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been all doom and gloom, hasn't it, in the 25 minutes we've been recording so far. So maybe I'll try and bring a little bit of positivity and think that if Liverpool can record a few, you know, a couple of back-to-back victories in the Premier League over teams who are, you know, around the same area as them as Brighton away and Chelsea at home, Chelsea were really, really struggling out there at the moment. Then the picture will look a, a lot rosier. Um, I actually don't think top four is, is anywhere near the lost cause. I think um, Newcastle and, and Manchester United can certainly still be Court, um, particularly Newcastle, I'm looking at it now thinking if teams look at them a little bit differently and approach their games a, a bit differently, then have they got the quality to break down pack defences or or whatever else? I'm not too sure. That that happened with them against Leeds, didn't it? Um, Leeds defended well, got men behind the ball and got a nil-nil draw. <clears throat> and I suppose Newcastle's nil-nil draw at Arsenal was probably in the creditable departments but still you know they, they haven't scored and, and haven't won in the last couple as well so I think uh, if Liverpool can put together a little bit of a run then um, top four certainly not a lost cause and then we can get to May make sure Liverpool are in the Champions League next season and forget any of it ever happened and start again but there's a long way to go until then um, and like I say I just think Liverpool at the moment just need to focus first and foremost on cutting out the silly errors that lead to goals um, stop conceding early on make sure that the start games in the right manner, the right tempo, the right attitude, and slowly but surely build back towards the Liverpool, or at least something resembling the Liverpool that, that we know and we've seen dominate in, in recent years. Yeah, five points, the, the gap to, to Tottenham in fifth, seven points to Newcastle in third, but Liverpool have got a game in hand on on both of, of those teams, Lynch. I mean, it's it, it's as Gorsty says, it, it's still very much there for, for Liverpool to play for. I think you know, even someone like a, a Tottenham have, have not been particularly brilliant over the, the last few months. The, there is still a chance for Liverpool to kick on, but they do have to start putting together a, a run of, of consistency and, and performances and results and, and all the rest of it. If they do that, they could sail into the top four, but it doesn't quite feel like it's it's that likely to happen that easily at this moment in time. Yeah, I, think, I suppose that's the thing is that, you know, as bad as we say Liverpool have been, that, you know, Chelsea have been worse and, and then you look up above and, and, you know, even Manchester United who are getting a lot of praise at the moment haven't been much better in terms of collecting points. So it just shows you, you're just getting a little run and all of a sudden your position looks a lot better. Um, and, and Liverpool are certainly capable of doing that. You know, we, we've seen it in the past in terms of when things aren't quite right, that the manager finds a way to, to just get these wins rolling in and, 
and it, yeah, and it, it it really doesn't take much. It just you know, like as Ghosty put it, really, if you get back to back wins in the next two in the Premier League, all of a sudden things look so much better, and 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 all of a sudden you think, well, Liverpool with the quality they've got and the experience they've got, and these top four chases would would be able to do it. The one thing I think has to happen for that for that to come together really is is the changes I mentioned earlier in terms of I think. Liverpool. I don't want to see Liverpool go to Brighton at the weekend and and try and be the dominant team and try and be what they've been in the past and aggressive and pressing and and trying to pen Brighton in because it's just not going to happen. It isn't going to happen. And I, I think the manager needs to realise with with the tools he's got available to him at the moment, the best thing to do is try and make Liverpool gritty, hard to beat. You know, you you look at some of Newcastle's results. Right to mention them, Ghosty is, is sort of top four contenders in terms of they, the first thing that Eddie Howe has done since he since he went in there is, is made them difficult to beat. Uh, the, the true test for them is can they be dominant on the other side of the ball? That's going to be difficult for them. But as a starting point, being difficult to beat is a, is a really is a really really good start. And I think for Liverpool, if you go to Brighton and try and be the dominant side, they're going to get absolutely ripped to pieces. You know, Brighton will invite the press on, pass around it because they've got the quality to do that and the, and the bravery to do it. And, and they could, you know, they could hit Liverpool for all sorts. So I, I think what, what Liverpool need to do in these next couple of games is just make themselves gritty and awful and, and, and difficult to beat. And if you do that as a starting point, the results will start to turn and then confidence grows and, and, and you know, who knows, then it's, it's really not that far to, to sort of seal a, a top four spot. But they, they do, I just want to see changes, I think, in the, in the short term in terms of how they approach games, because otherwise that, then I think top four, you know, I think you've got a couple more defeats coming up and then top four really does look like a pipe dream from there. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I suppose to, to get into the top four, you don't have to be in the same form that they have been to, to win the league. You can afford a couple of slips up as long as, generally speaking, you, you're doing okay. But uh, just to, to finish up then, Kiefer, obviously the, the, the Wolves replay that we talked about at the start, that's this month as well. Is is the top four the, the overwhelming priority or would you be putting out a, a slightly stronger side possibly, or not stronger than what they played on Saturday, but a strong enough side to, to make that a priority to, to get through in the cup as well there's, there's a bit of a balance to make but which way would you go with it i think i think the top four is obviously you know klopp's said it in recent weeks it's kind of the, the not the be all and end all but it's so important and i know gorsi's obviously uh written a few pieces kind of just saying that the, the kind of effect that could have if liverpool kind of do miss out this season um you know in terms of finances i think they got close to what 70 80 million for their run in the champions league last season so if you're going to take that away from a club who kind of operate in the way that liverpool do it's obviously as well as you know an attractive kind of proposition it's it's all it's always going to have a you know behind the scenes finance um knock on effect which as i say is 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 not going to be great um but i think the thing at the minute is obviously with there isn't too many fixtures obviously given that the world cup's just finished and you know a lot of the i think we've only had what six players seven players go um so i think in in that case is that you know you kind of still playing players into form so i think you can probably get away with you know playing two three well, two games a week at this rate, um, you know, strong size. And and I don't think that, that's why the team on Saturday didn't come as much as a shock to myself because it's, you know, the players needed to be played into form. So I think at the minute, certainly for the early rounds, you can you could probably get away with it. I think it's it's kind of once you get into kind of the backstage of February and kind of the the, the, the second legs of the Champions League are on the horizon and, and kind of the Premier League kind of starts to get to like two or three games a week. I think that's when obviously you'll look to make changes. But I think for now is, you know, regardless of that, I think the top four is... You know, it's got to be Liverpool's bread and butter between now and the end of the season. You know, I think given everything that's happened, I think if you know people wouldn't like to hear, it, but if Liverpool do get top four, I think it's a successful season. And you know, the way that football has changed in recent years, it, it, it's it's almost now more viable than winning the FA Cup or you know certainly winning the League Cup. 
Um, so I think that's what Liverpool have got to go for between between now and the end of the season. So I would be you know putting all my eggs in, in that basket. Yeah, absolutely. Got to be the priority for me as well for the rest of this season. Plenty for Liverpool to think about this month and beyond, that is for sure. We'll keep talking through things on here and hopefully the Reds' results will pick up over the next few months. If there's any movement in the transfer market as well, you will keep you updated right here on bloodredliverpool.com and the Liverpool Echo. For now, though, we shall leave it there. Thank you very much for watching and for listening. and We'll catch you later in the week. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.